On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Today on the Indo-Daily, Curse of the Titanic, disaster at 13,000 feet below sea level. Well, it is a race against time. The search is on for a submersible that vanished with five people on board during a dive to the Titanic wreck site in the North Atlantic. A trip to see the Titanic has gone horribly wrong for the occupants of a submersible that has now lost contact. What we don't know is what happened to make them disappear without a trace. There could have been uh, an accident. It could have become entangled in the wreckage of of Titanic. Uh, It could indeed uh, have had a catastrophic failure. The answer is we don't know just yet. I'm Fiona Sheehan, and today I'm joined by Irish independent political correspondent and Titanic enthusiast Senna Maloney to discuss the attempts at salvation from the seabed. Senna, can you tell us how this tragedy unfolded? Well, yes, very briefly, um, an expedition vehicle, a vessel called the Polar Prince set out from St. John's in Newfoundland, um, carrying aboard at the Ocean Gate uh, expedition, the latest one, uh, in its third year, whereby they're taking a Titanic tourists to the wreck via a submersible called the called the Titan, and the Titan is is carried on the Polar Prince and then deployed uh, via kind of a platform that's just let down off the back, and then they're maybe half a mile off the known wreck site, and the Titan itself is screwed down with seventeen bolts, and it's dropped, and it just enters free fall for the two miles plus the bottom of the North Atlantic. And just to give people an idea of how deep that is, it's like if you stood the uh, Phoenix Park up vertically and the length of Chesterfield Avenue, which bisects the park, that's what the level of depth we're talking about. And a submersible is not a submarine. No, it's not a submarine. For instance, it doesn't have it doesn't have its own power source. They're relying on on batteries, and it doesn't have the you know the typical endurance rate of uh, of a submarine, or indeed the maneuverability. Uh, in this case, it has to be it has to be basically instructed from the surface mothership, the Polar Prince, and then it would then it would sort of um, wander along, waddle its way along the seafloor until it gets uh, something inside of its viewport, and then it can adapt. It has four thrusters. But they have nothing like the uh, of the of a power of a typical, you know, nuclear submarine which has its own uh, nuclear power plant on board. Yeah, so it's a it's fairly rudimentary, and uh, that is the uh, that is one of the sales points for this. Uh, believe it or not, for um, for Ocean Gate, the uh, the owners 
they're saying we can sell you these um, these trips to the Titanic much more cheaply. But of course, the price has escalated. I remember when the uh, when, for instance, there had been the fall of the Soviet Union, um, the Russians were using their Mirror One and Mirror Two bath escapes, um, which are much different design, but proven, tried and tested. Trusted, they were taking people down for twenty thousand American dollars, and in fact, an American couple actually got married on the seabed beside the Titanic. I don't know if they're splitting two yet, like the like the ship herself, but uh, that's what it was like. And now it's escalated to even with the uh, Ocean Gate. They were originally charging one hundred twenty five thousand um, dollars, and then when they had to do, do a bit of a redesign uh, of their <laughs> of the visitation vessel, uh, they doubled the price to what is now the price of a quarter of a million dollars. So our ship goes out from Newfoundland carrying these these tourists. It the platform is lifted off the back. The submersible goes down into the sea carrying a, a pilot, yeah, and th- his four passengers. And then, where did things start to go wrong here? Well, the ship was uh, the uh, submersible was dropped uh, from the platform off the mother ship early in the morning local time. Um, and it's very, very desolate and isolated and uh, it starts dropping and they have all the uh, the metrics, they're getting all the, uh, the the transponder coming back and so on. And then at one hour and 45 minutes into the into the dive, they lose all telemetry. So everything just vanishes and there's no there's no comms. There's no way of uh, reestablishing a link and they know nothing. So uh, one hour, 45 minutes translated into depth is is about the two mile mark. So the pressure is so big, you're expecting that there could be well be a catastrophic event. We're getting reports now of uh, of apparently um, banging on that would be consistent with people banging on the inside of a hull. So that offers hope, but of course, then the question of uh, rescue is even even more fraught. So it seems that they're down on the seabed. They're not entangled, but they're immobile and waiting for rescue. Tell us about. This area of sea, I mean, you know, it's it's obviously famed because of uh, events on that that fateful night back in in 1912. But uh, how isolated is it? How deep is it? That's a very, very good question, because I've actually been over the wreck site myself. And strangely enough, where this happened is the junction of of two uh, currents. There's There's the Labrador current. And there's there's our own Gulf Stream, and this makes it um, prone to to fogs and uh, and mists, which they've been battling actually over over the scene, uh, which seem to have dissipated lately. But uh, th- this was advanced as one of the reasons why they uh, they couldn't see the the iceberg when the Titanic uh, uh, struck that mountain of ice in 1912. But it comes into play here, so it can be foggy. Um, but having been over the wreck site, you just you're just absolutely. Um, you know, profoundly hit by the sense of isolation. Uh, it's just wall to wall, 360 degrees of the deep. And y- you're powerfully reminded that there's practically no chance of rescue if your own ship goes down. Now, I was on a, you know, a, a cruise vessel for the centenary, you know, so there's very little chance of anything going wrong, touch wood. But you're 400 miles from the nearest point of land, you know, which is Cape Race, uh, a lighthouse at the bottom of a that thin peninsula of land in uh, in Newfoundland. Uh, the uh, St. John's is another 35 miles further away. Boston is 900 miles away. New York, 1,000. So you're in one of the most, re- most remote parts of the planet, quite frankly. A, even this rudimentary submersible is supposed to have some of the normal fail-safes that you have uh, in a submarine. 
such as ballast and an ability to come back up. Explain that those engineering style terms to us in, in, in layman's language. Yeah, ballast is simply weight. Okay, so all ships would carry um, ballast generally for just to ensure that they're in trim. Trim means balance. You know, um, you'll get a list if you're not properly, uh, if you don't have proper trim or ballast, um, depending on what cargoes you've loaded and so on. And that was the case with the uh, Titanic. She started listing as soon as, you know, there was a massive ingress of water and so on. And then you go over and your beam ends and you and you sink, essentially, you know. So rather like a simple floating tugboat toy in the bath, you mm. know, you get a free water effect and and you've no, um, you have no stability anymore. Um so with a, with a submarine, it basically takes in water into tanks, and that's what helps it to 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 sink as such. And then you push out that water to, to make yourself pop back up. Yeah, like there's a various ways of doing it, and, and in, in this case, they're they're actually carrying heavy uh, pipes, like large builders' pipes, on sort of side pods that they and they usually rock the um, they will rock the submersible to discharge first one large pipe and then the other. It's a cheaper way of, of doing it, but it, it certainly has alarmed some people who are thinking of taking uh, this particular uh, submersible, the, the Titan. And if you've lost power, you can't, you can't rock these, um, the, the, this ballast, this weight off your cradle. So one of the things that was concerning me is knowing uh, uh, Paul-Henri Nargelet, and he's the most experienced um, Titanic person in the world, you know, as an oceanographer, and in terms of dives, he's been down there forty times. He was a host like me on the uh, on the Titanic Channel. He's an absolute gentleman. He's the most generous and and gentle person you could imagine. He did a free lecture on visits to the Titanic in UCC just before COVID in October twenty nineteen, and all profits were um, were devoted and donated to his grandson's uh, school. I won't say anything further than that about the family that are down in Cork because of what they're going through at the moment. But um, if there's banging going on, it seems that he would be the person instigating that. He has got fantastic training in survivability and uh, having been 25 years in the French Navy doing exactly this sort of thing. Um, I thought that he would have jettisoned ballast, lightening the submersible and enabling it to, to rise to the surface immediately after the loss of communications. Obviously extended beyond communications because he wasn't able to do this. So the free fall continued. And that's where we're, we're at. And now the question is, can anybody get next or near this submersible in order to get anything on it that would uh, encourage it to the surface, which is a, seems to me a very dubious proposition. Who else is on board? Yeah, we have a guy called Stockton Rush, who is the founder of um, of Ocean Gate. And uh, he actually was more uh, an aviation specialist. So um, he is now within his own uh, creation and he is hoping he's not going to be consumed by it, I imagine. Um, also on board um, is a, uh, a British um, billionaire who, again, made uh, a fortune in aviation based in the uh, in the Emirates. His name is Hamish Harding. Uh, and then the remaining two members of the crew are uh, Pakistanis, um, and they are essentially tourists. One is called Shahzada uh, Daoud, and we have his son Suleiman Daoud, who's only 19, so, I mean, in a situation like we have at the moment, you're worrying about people's fortitude and, and mental toughness that they can resist the tendency to panic. And of course, if you panic, you're hyperventilating. And again, that's cutting down on the amount of 
you know, breathable oxygen that there is in that tiny cramped uh, cabin and therefore probably lessening the, you know, the normal expectancy of a 96-hour um, margin for uh, for oxygen down there. To so so explain that. The, the submersible has 96 hours of oxygen effectively on board. Mm-hmm. And it also has the ability to remove carbon dioxide from from the environment during that that time period as well. Well, I, I think that's extremely limited because it's essentially it's a sealed sealed hemisphere. Mm. So, um, in a worst case situation, you would have rising levels of CO two and diminishing levels of uh, of, of oxygen. But mercifully, you'd have a situation whereby you become gradually more and more woozy, and uh, you fall asleep, and eventually into into coma and so on. So, um, at some point, the, uh, the banging will stop or become more desultory. Um, we had we've had banging before on hulls, most notably in the uh, the Kursk Russian submarine disaster twenty three years ago, um, in which one hundred and eighteen people were killed, all uh, Russian. Um, ratings and officers on board uh, that submarine. But we're talking 40 times the depth now. So, I mean, it took five... Of even the Kursk. Of yeah. the Kursk, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the Lusitania, again, 40 times the depth, you know. Wow. So it's way beyond human diving uh, capacity. Um, it's way beyond even the remote, remotely operated vehicles, the ROVs of of most bathospheres and, uh, uh, and other submersibles. Um there's a handful of, of vessels that can get down to that depth. And then they they generally only have maybe ro- robot arms for picking things up from a debris field, putting them in a basket and, and descending, you know, um, coordinating a way of getting a line on this submersible. If they can do it, it's going to put uh, all other memorable rescues into a cocked hat. It's going to be miles better than the Chilean miners or the Thai kids cave, caving you know, um, so uh, I think the odds are massively stacked against it. So the clock is is ticking. We have they these people are in a submersible that does not seem to be the, the most r- robust uh, of of submarine uh, vessels. Uh, they and are and at the cold. enormous depth. Yeah, there is the stark cold. It's pitch black, dark. They don't have any communications equipment on board that would allow them to, to, to as, a, as a submarine would do, send a ping, yeah. uh, sonar capabilities or, or anything like that. So really the odds are, are stacked uh, every which way. We also don't know how this vessel will respond to being under such pressure for, for so long. That's so a very good point, yeah. The, uh, and the exterior, um, the exterior temperature, um, don't forget, if you've lost all power, you've lost heating as well. So, um, that far down, um, you will have a certain amount of heat generated by body heat and so on, but it's generally put a, a degree or two below freezing. So how long can the human human body even stand the uh, the hypothermia of that? Um, uh, I was speaking to somebody yesterday who was in a submersible and visited the, uh, the wreck before, and she was talking about you generally do it in the summer. So when you get into a, sort of a metal, it's like being stuck in a lift, you get very hot on the surface as you're preparing to go down. And then the temperature progressively drops, and when you're down there, you you start putting on, you feel the benefit of the extra layers you've you've, you've prepared for, and you, they generally bring woolly jumpers, so they're putting them on as well towards the end of these these dives. I mean, they may not have been 
you know, enough uh, in terms of uh, clothing, or certainly not in terms of you know, food and, and water. Toilet facilities is a single is a single box, you know. And they've been down there, you know, what, 72 hours at the yeah. moment. And, you know, the, 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 the intention is only to have a, about an eight-hour dive, you know, a two-hour drop, two hours uh, ascending and maybe four hours, you know, um, on the seabed and exploring the wreck and, and looking at the, the continued majesty of the RMS Titanic. But unfortunately, uh, the strain in all sorts of areas uh, on those people is just formidable. My thanks to Senna Maloney. I'm Fiona Jean, and today's episode was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Avine Fallon, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from Fox News, CBS News and ABC News. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.